Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Tuesday edition. I had to work through that in my head of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. We have a big old crazy 11-game slate here. Um, we don't have a show after us until 6 o'clock, so if you're worried that we only get through eight games in 40 minutes, relax. We're going to try to get through it. We're not going to go till 4 o'clock, but if we go until 3.05, it will be okay. Joining me as always, partner in crime, Sim Cliffy. How was your weekend, Cliffy? Uh, not too bad. Um, wasn't uh, too, too busy uh, for New Year's Eve. Spent all day Sunday uh, watching football. Pretty good uh, weekend of hockey. Um, good World Junior game last night. I didn't watch the whole thing. I just turned it on for the overtime. Connor Bedard. Had one of the best goals you'll ever see in a World Junior Tournament to win it in overtime. So um, that was pretty nice to watch. Obviously, scary situation in that uh, NFL game last night. Um, something that we've definitely seen in the NHL over the years. Um, Jay Bo Meester, Rich Peverly, Alexei Cherapanov, um, Chris Ponger, uh, the list goes on. So um, hopefully... Uh, Damar Hamlin is all right. Hopefully we don't see anything like that in the NHL or any other sport anytime soon. Just kind of excited for this 11-game slate we have here tonight because <laughs> I wrote about it in my picks articles. There are a lot of high-end uh, offensive teams, offensive lines, players in pretty good situations tonight, a lot of them at home. So uh, pretty wide-open slate in that sense, and I'm kind of excited to break it down uh, from that perspective. Yeah, I'm glad on Tuesdays – Right now, anyway, we're probably going to change when baseball season starts, but there is an NFL on Tuesdays, so that means there's no show after us, and there's generally been big slates on Tuesdays, so we do have we don't have to rush to get through it. We can give you the best analysis that we can. Not that we you know don't when we're in a time crunch, we just can focus a little bit more on each game instead of just you know trying to make sure we don't run over. But yeah, lots of really good power play spots tonight. Um, let's get into it before we do. You know the drill. 
Give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Stochastic Hall of Fame by changing your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel, which you can do by downloading the avatar at stochastic.com backslash avatar. Once you do that, if you place in a top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants, tweet us at Stochastic H-O-F, and you'll get a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. You can only qualify once per year. Uh, you also get a shout out on our weekly Hall of Fame segment. So let's get into the slate. Once again, we are sponsored by BetMGM. We have a new year. Same deal, but we have a deal for you coming up. St. Louis Blues with a 2.4 total. Heading into Toronto, the Maple Leafs have a 3.6 total. Jordan Bennington, Ilya Samsonov are probable. Blues are a mess. Ryan O'Reilly broke his foot. He is out for a minimum of six weeks. Vladimir Tarasenko went to the IR with a hand injury. He'll be reevaluated in a month. So it looks like the lines are going to be Buchnevich, Thomas Kairou, which we like. Um, then it's Saad Shen and Barbashev, which is <laughs> boy. Jake Neighbors, Noel Asayiberi, and Josh Levo. So, like, after you get past that top line, which isn't even that great defensively, it's going to be a big mess. Um, Leafs going back with their normal lines. It appears they're still running the five forward power play unit. Big slate here. Matthew's still coming in double digits for good reason. He's fairly cheap for Matthews, 8,700. This is a very, very good spot without Ryan O'Reilly, without Tarasenko. The matchups they're going to get five on five uh, are very good. The Blues penalty kill has improved a little bit, but like an improvement from awful is still bad. So I think this is a pretty good power play spot as well. I really like the Leafs tonight. Yeah, I don't think a whole lot has to be said about Toronto's top line. Um, since Nylander got there nearly two months ago now, it was like the second week in November, he joined uh, the Austin Matthews line. It's been absolutely dynamic. I was looking just over the last four weeks, still nearly five goals for 60 minutes of five on five. Like They're absolutely shredding the competition. Nylander, 24 shots in his last five games. He's still shooting the puck a lot. Um they're just, you know, they're one of the best lines, if not the best line on the slate. Like, you know, just from a, a numbers perspective, that's why, um, you know, I believe they're projecting for the highest uh, total as a three-man line uh, of any lines we have here tonight, which is saying a lot considering, you know, we have Dallas in a very good power play spot. We have Washington in a very good power play spot. Ottawa in a pretty good spot at home. Um Tampa Bay, you know, playing Chicago, anybody playing Chicago is in a good spot. So um, that the Toronto top line still easily uh, the top projected line says a lot. Now they're probably going to come in at double digit ownership, but I think that's just fine because you mentioned the defensive problems of, of St. Louis and, you know, this particular iteration of the St. Louis top line, which name is Thomas Cairo, only 60 minutes together, but 3.8 expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's pretty bad. Um, even if you look at their sample with just Thomas and Kairou, the defensive numbers are still bad, not quite that bad, but still well below average. Um, Thomas and Kairou are very good offensively. They're just not great defensive centers, wingers uh, yet at this point of their careers. So it's a really good matchup for the Toronto top line. 
anybody wants to use them, go right ahead. No problem at all. Um, Toronto 2 is where it gets kind of interesting for me because Yarn Crock, Tavares, and Marner don't really have good offensive numbers together, right? 85 minutes at 5 on 5, 2.2 expected goals for per 60 minutes, 2.2 actual goals for. They're really good defensively. Haven't been able to generate a lot offensively. But this is a depleted St. Louis team. Like with Ron O'Reilly gone, they don't have a good defensive center on the roster. Um, you know, you talk about O'Reilly Tarasenko out. They still have three defensemen out of the lineup um, as well. Uh, yeah, Marco Scandella is still out. Tori Krug still out. Scott Perunovic still out. So this is a fairly depleted lineup. You know, Shannon Barbashev have bad defensive numbers, uh, similar to the St. Louis top line uh, when they're skating together. So I think it's a pretty good spot for Toronto too as well. Um, Yes, the St. Louis penalty kill has gotten better, but as you said, it's still not great. Like, even over the last month, it's still barely, like, the middle of the league um, by goals against. The problem is, is that they don't take a lot of penalties. 2.4 times shorthanded per game. It's not really a lot. Like, if Toronto only gets a couple power play chances tonight. You know, they could go for two fairly easily. Um, I would probably lean to just even strength stacking either Toronto 1 or Toronto 2, um, both very much in play. This is also a spot where... I know 11-game slate, you don't typically jump down to third lines. But if Toronto, you know, gets out to an early, like, 3 nothing lead in the first period, I could see the third line for Toronto, for the Leafs, getting more ice time than they normally would. So, you know, if you want a one-off, you know, if you don't want to play Toronto, you, I think you can one-off Angball or, or even one-off, you know, Alexander Kerfoot, even though we don't like to say his name on this on this show very often. I think those are definitely in play. But it's the Toronto side for me. St. Louis one is kind of interesting. I just don't think it's a particularly good matchup for them. Toronto's typically has a good power or penalty kill. Sorry. Um, they're probably gonna have to play a lot of minutes. That's kind of the one thing that St. Louis top line has going in in its favor, but it is a tough matchup. I think there are other spots on the road that I would look to um, if I wanted to get a low on top line. Yeah, and Cairo is really expensive too. So like, I don't want to play 7,700 Cairo on the road when I can just, you know, play, I don't know, 8,000 Brady Kachuk at home in a massive total. You know what I mean? So, I don't, I, Brady Kachuk is just on the next game. I just happen to see his price is similar. You know the thing. Let's go to the uh, blue line here. On the blue side, probably going to be a pass. Like, if you want to, I guess, play Pareko, I think that's fine at 4,400 or Nico Mikola. But, like, Nothing really exciting there. On the blue side, it's going to be Morgan Riley. I know he doesn't get top power play time, but, you know, he gets the secondary power play time. He's 4,500, which is a good price for him. He has been shooting and blocking some shots. He's not power play reliant, so I don't mind Riley. Yeah, I don't mind Riley either. I think, you know, if you want to stick in a cheap defenseman like a Brody or, you know, even a Lilligren or something like that, um, I think that's fine. In a high total, I don't mind playing cheap defensemen, even if they don't get a ton of minutes. Um, you don't need a lot from them. You know, a couple shots and an assist from Lilligren and you're laughing. So uh, wouldn't mind some cheap Toronto defensemen, but I think that's about it from this game. I don't really have anything of interest on the St. Louis side. Agreed there. Let's move to the next one. Columbus Blue Jackets with a 2.7 total heading into Ottawa. The Senators have a massive 3.8 total. It is the third highest total on the slate behind Florida and Tampa, which is actually surprising because there are, you know, the Caps are in a good power play spot. The uh, There's others. <laughs> 
you know, the Caps. I mean, I mean Edmonton at home to Seattle. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Edmonton at home, like Nashville with Montreal. Mon- Nashville is a monster total, which is which we'll get to later. But 3.8 total for the Senators is massive. Third highest on the slate. It's a very good power play spot for a power play reliant team. I don't mind stacking that full stacking that top line. Kachuk, Stutzla, Giroux. If you want to leave off Giroux, add in, you know, Batherson or Debrinkat, it's fine. You can also full stack that second line. Patrick Line is back for the Jackets tonight. He should assume the top power play, top line with Gaudreau and Ken Johnson, second line at Nyquist, Roslovic, Benstrom. So, like, I, I do really like the Senators here tonight. I was a bit surprised to see their total. They are kind of power play reliant. It Like, I feel like there's better spots on this slate for one to three, but I totally get if you want to jam in some Senators tonight. Yeah, the one thing that's kind of holding me back on Ottawa, and you mentioned it, is their reliance on the power play. Because if there's one thing Columbus actually isn't bad at, it's on the penalty kill, right? Like, their penalty kill really hasn't been that bad this season. It's in the middle of the league. Um, percentage-wise, like right behind the Toronto team that we just talked about. Um, if you want to look at just kind of like recent performance, um, I, they're right around um, the middle of the league, again, by shots allowed, um, right uh, inside, nearly inside the top 10 by fewest goals against, or right at 10th. So like, it, it, it's kind of a problem for me in that sense, in that um, – Ottawa really, at least through the first, you know, two plus months of the season has really relied on the power play for their fantasy value. And it's not really a good power play spot, especially where Columbus is right around league average by time shorthanded per game. With that said, it's a phenomenal five on five spot for, for Ottawa. Um, Kachuk, Stutzla and Giroux will probably go up against that Gojo Johnson and line a line Gojo and line a, in 70 minutes together with anybody but Boone Jenner, uh, 3.2 expected goals against the 5-on-5, 4.4 actual goals against. Like That's kind of been uh, the Columbus problem this season. It's 5-on-5 defense has been horrific. Ottawa has had trouble scoring at 5-on-5, particularly this top line. Um, you know, I was just looking at like their last, you know, half dozen games together, um, 1.8. Uh, actual goals per 60 minutes shooting six and a half or under six and a half percent. Like that's been kind of the problem with Kachuk, Stutzler and Giroux basically all season when they've been together, it's just shooting percentages. Um, Once those regress, they're probably going to start filling the net. I really do like the the sense top line. Um, One reason is that they're not coming in with a lot of ownership Our top stacks tool has them um, just over 7% against a, um, I believe it's a 12% top two percentage, a 13% top two percentage. So um, pretty good leverage by our top stacks tool with all the spots like, you know, Toronto and Florida and Edmonton and, and Washington and, and all those teams. I imagine, I don't imagine Ottawa's top line is going to come in with much ownership. And I don't think you have to like power play stack. Like you don't have to take out Giroux and put in Batherson or take out Giroux and put into Brinkat or something. You can just stack the top line because it's a five on five matchup that I want to take advantage of here. If you want to dip down to the second line, I think that's just fine as well. I don't imagine the Columbus second line is going to be very good defensively either. Nyquist and Brozovic um, have pretty bad defensive numbers together this year. 4.4 expected goals against per 60 minutes. So either of the top two sends lines are just fine. Um, I'll go with the Ottawa top or uh, 
the Ottawa top line, Kachuk, Stutzler, and Giroux. Um, we do have a longer sample of them generating a lot of expected goals. You just need that shooting percentage to turn around. Uh, hopefully that's tonight against a pretty bad uh, defensively Columbus team. On the Columbus side, it's interesting that they do have a reasonable projection. The top line does. Godreau, um, Johnson, and Line. Um, you know, Line's back. He's going to be on the top power play unit. Um, Ottawa's penalty killed really not that bad, so it's not really a great power play spot for Columbus. Um, you know, the Ottawa top line about average defensively, so that's kind of um, that's kind of the reason why you might want to play Columbus here is that you know they're not super expensive, reasonable leverage, not a bad five on five matchup, but again, kind of like the St. Louis top line, I think there are other top lines on the road relatively in the same price range that I would rather go to. I don't have a problem playing the Columbus top line. I just think there are better options elsewhere on this slate. Yeah, I think the Columbus top line is fine in MME. Like the more lineups you get to, if you get them organically and you're conscious, I'm not going to X them out unless I'm getting like, you know, like 41%. But, you know, if they get in there 7 8%, whatever, you know, the machine might be smarter than me sometimes. Let's move to the blue line. Uh, Adam Bockwist running that top power play unit, 2,800. Not the best spot for that. He is 2,800, though, so if you want to play him, he's fine. I think, you know, uh, Vladislav Gavrikov is fine. On the senator side, Tomas Chabot for the power play, 6,300 is a good price. My son, Artem Zub, 3K. Yeah, again, Shabbat, it's like, if it's not a great power play spot, do I want to play Shabbat? Like, that's kind of my issue. Like, on FanDuel, I think he's only, like, 5,700, so that's fine. Once you get up over 6K on DraftKings, like, I think there are other guys I might gravitate towards. On the Columbus side, just not a lot. Like, I think Bockfist, while he's still sub-3K, um, you know, on the power play, I think he's perfectly fine. Other than that, that's probably about it. Let's get to one of those four totals. Got the Arizona Coyotes with a 2.4 total heading into Florida. The Panthers have a four total. Carol Vomelka, Spencer Knight confirmed. Looks like Florida's going with for Hagee, Barkov, Kachuk, E2D2, Lusterine, and Sam Bennett, Colin White. Third line in Nikki Cousins, Anton Lindell, Sam Reinhart. The coach speak, what's his, I forget his name. I just try to forget it because he was awful for the. Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice, yeah, yeah. He was coach speak. He was saying that he's going to give the second power play unit the start tonight over the top power play unit, which doesn't really make too much sense because the top unit has been pretty good. I know they haven't been converting, but like, I don't know. They they have like what over eight and a half goals per sixty minutes on the the top power play unit, something like that. Anyway, like I, I feel like that's just going to be like we're going to start the second unit and then for the first power play just to light a fire under these guys, Kulitos, and then go from there. But like the top line here with Carter Verhage, I think you can full stack that to the teeth. Uh, their numbers are outrageous together. I think including Verhage is perfectly fine and probably preferred. Uh, for the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're not getting double-digit ownership. This is an excellent spot. They're an excellent five-on-five run. If you want to leave off for Hagen, add in like a Reinhardt, that's fine, but... For me, I'm going to full stack that line. I think that third line, Lindell, Reinhardt's a fine two-man. They're just getting a crazy amount of ownership for a third line. On the Arizona side, like Florida's a high-event team, and they're kind of leaky sometimes. But like, I just don't know if I'm going to get to any Coyotes. Like Bukestad, Kraus, the two-man, 7,300. If anything, I'd do that, but that's a little bit pricey for a two-man when I'm trying to fit in some expensive stuff. Yeah, and like Clayton Keller – like 5,900, um, you know, that's only a few hundred dollars less than Drake Batherson. I'd way, way rather one off Drake Batherson, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, if you're going to play Arizona, go ahead. But it's just, <laughs> that's just not Jimmy. something I'm going to do. Like, there is a sample of, of not having Nick Schmaltz in that top line, right? Because Schmaltz was injured earlier this year. And without him there, that Arizona top line got absolutely, like, just throttled. About 200 minutes without him at five on five, 1.9 expected goals for 3.9 against two and a half actual goals for four and a half against. They just got, you know, just ramrodded. Yeah, they got um, an awful matchup tonight. Yeah. And, you know, you, you talked about how good that Florida top line is 5.2 expected goals for five goals for per 60 minutes in their, in their 120 minutes together. That's Toronto one territory that we just talked about, right? Um, you know, you talk about leaving Verhage on the stack. Only people realize Carver Hagee's up nearly on a 40 goal pace this season. Like he's actually having a really, really good season. Um, you know, if you want to take him off and put on, you know, Reinhardt for, you know, power play exposure, I, I think you can do that. But I wouldn't, you know, just Verhage off, leave Verhage off just to leave him off. You know what I mean? I, I, the only way I would do it is if I was turning it into a power play stack. Um, it's a great matchup for the Florida top line. All I'll say is they didn't run lines this morning and they lost their last game with these lines um, against the Rangers. So it wouldn't shock me if we see some different combinations at warmups, just really pay close attention at warmups. But yeah, I, I really do like that Florida top line here in this matchup. As you mentioned, the second and third lines are probably coming in over owned. I don't know if I would use players from those lines without including anyone from the top line. You know what I mean? Like how often would a Lundell Reinhardt two man get there without, you know, Barkov or Makachuk really doing anything, especially where Barkov is so cheap um, on DraftKings. He's only 6,700. Like I, I think if I were to play like a Lundell or Reinhardt, certainly I would probably be including the top power play guys. Cause even if they, like you said, even if they want to start with the second power play unit, Arizona is the most penalized team in the league. Florida is going to get their opportunities here tonight. Um, I, you know, especially where they're drawing 3.7 power plays per game, which is way above the league average. That's almost a half power play more per game than the league average. Florida should really get their chances tonight, both units. So I do like the Florida top line. I, they're 
I think they're my favorite, one of my favorite lines on this slate. Um, if I were to mix in anything, you know, from the Florida depth, it would be in addition to the Florida top line, the top line plus Reinhardt, you know, four man stacked them plus Lendell four man stacked them do something like that. That's probably the way I would approach it. I don't think I would be stacking Florida tonight and leaving, you know, that top line off my, uh, out of my lineup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't really want to get cute. I mean, you can play Lundell Reinhardt, but like you said, pair him with somebody up on top there. Let's move to the blue line here. Jacob Chikrin, uh, Shane Goss's pair, both on the top power play. They're pretty expensive. Like Chikrin's 7,200. Seems a little bit pricey for me in this road matchup in a low total. I guess Ghost is fine. Like I just don't want to play either of them really outside of Arizona stacks, which I'm not really doing. So I'm probably not going to be playing any Arizona defensemen. On the Florida side, I think Ekblad and Montour are preferred. Montour has been playing much better DFS-wise than Ekblad of late. I guess Ekblad's not 100%. He said he's going through some injuries. Gustav Forsling also fine at 5,200. Yeah, one thing I will mention about Gostas Bear, he has been shooting the puck um, a little bit of late, 16 shots in his last five games. And Arizona's the most penalized team in the league, but Florida's the second most penalized team in the league. Um, and Arizona actually draws about a league average rate of power plays per game. I don't hate the idea of, of one-off in Gostas Bear. I don't know if I would go to Chikrin. I think 7,200 is a little bit too much to pay for him, but I think Gostas Bear is fine. Um, yeah, that news about Ekblad kind of playing through something, his coach was talking about that at Morning Skate, kind of leads me to uh, liking Brandon Montour a little bit more. Yep. Carolina Hurricanes with a 2.8 total heading into Madison Square Garden. The Rangers have a 2.7 total. Auntie Ranta, Igor Shesterkin are probable. Rangers running back, Kreider, Zibanejad, and Kako. Panarin, Trocek, Kravtsov, Lafreniere, Hedl, VC. Finally, some line combinations I can get behind here. Um, Hurricanes going with Svechnikov, Stasny, Natchez, Taravine, and Aho Jarvis. And then, you know, the elite, the ever elite Carolina three. Um, this is a tough game. It's a 5.5 total. Carolina has a very good penalty kill. This isn't the best power play spot for the Rangers. Although with, you know, Kreider's Banja and Kako have looked pretty good five on five. Don't mind going to them. I don't know if I prioritize them in one to three, but I probably have like four or five lines in my mix in MME, despite a 5.5 total. Yeah. Something interesting about um, this particular matchup, both top lines, the Zibanejad line and the Svechnikov line, have expected goals for rates over four per 60 minutes at 5-on-5 this year. These have been two pretty good offensive lines. I think that's why you've seen Paul Stasny stay in this role. Even when Sebastian Ajo returned from injury, it's because he's playing miles better than Kotkaniemi has at any point this season. Um, And it allows him to leave Jordan Stahl in in that third-line checking role, right? So um, both pretty good top lines here, both kind of struggling to finish. Um, This particular iteration of the Rangers' top line shooting under 7%, the Carolina top line under 7.5%. So... Again, it's kind of like that Ottawa situation. Like once they start finishing, the goals will really start filling the net. It's just, you know, waiting for that to happen. Um, the problem is, is Carolina's just flat out been one of the best defensive teams in the league basically for the last month. Like they've been on 
uh, quite a tear, uh, basically going back to November. Like this team hasn't lost a regular game in regulation since before Thanksgiving. We're in January now. Um, they've been just absolutely dynamite defensively. Um, they do take a fair amount of penalties, three and a half per game. Um, that's about a quarter penalty more than the league average, but um, they do have a pretty good penalty kill as well. So it's not like it's a great power play spot for the Rangers or anything like that. Um, the Rangers second line kind of worries me a little bit. Um, Krapsoff plays is playing well there, um, but they've been fairly low event. Um, when Kraftsoff's been playing alongside Panarin, which is kind of worrisome from a DFS perspective, like you're really relying on multiple goals to generate any fantasy value. Like I don't think you'll get there through, you know, sh- um, shot bonuses or anything like that on DraftKings. Um, Kraftsoff's been around 14 minutes a game over his last few games. That's definitely playable. Um, I just don't like them being so low event. And, you know, that Carolina, Ajo, Jarvis, Teravine line going back to last year, has pretty good defensive numbers as well. So if I were to play anything out of this game, it would be either of the top lines. And judging by the ownership, I would probably rather play the Carolina top line. Like they're coming in at 1% ownership um, against like 4 to 5% ownership for the Rangers top line. So just from that perspective, I'd rather play Carolina. But uh, it's both top lines that are in play for me um, in this game. I just don't know if I'm going to be getting there in you know single entry or three max or anything like that. Um, this, it's a five and a half total. You say, you know, you say maybe you'd, you'd mix, uh, some lines in there. If you're playing a bunch of lineups, definitely if I was playing like, you know, a hundred lineups or something, I would have some of their top lines here. Um, single entry. I don't think I'm going to get there though. These are, um, two pretty good goalies, um, reasonably good defensive teams. The Rangers don't really take a lot of penalties. Um, Carolina can spread out the scoring a little bit. I think this is more of an MME game for me. Yeah, and you know, like I like that Kravtsov's getting top six, a chance in the top six. But with Panarin, it's just a weird, weird pairing because they're both kind of playmaker style, like dance in the zone and like drop pass and do weird stuff. So like, it's there's no one to shoot the puck on that line. So I don't know. At least he's up there. Let's move to the blue line. Uh, Adam Fox, Brent Burns. Not the, like at this isn't the best spot for Adam Fox. For a power play matchup, if you want a power play quarterback, it would probably be Brent Burns. I know the Rangers had been struggling on the PK, like Igor's been struggling, but the past like 25 power plays, they've really corrected that. So I don't know if it's the best power play matchup for these quarterbacks. So I probably just punt, go with like Miller at 3,300 or Brett Pesci on the Carolina side. Yeah, I noticed Brett Pesci's at his highest price since the third game of the season. I was I was kind of wondering why they jacked up his price for a road game in New York, but um, he's definitely still, as long as he's not at 4K, he's still definitely playable. I just thought it was weird that they boosted his price a little bit. Honestly, I think every defenseman in this game is kind of overpriced. I think Truba's fine on FanDuel where he's relatively cheaper, but this probably isn't a game where I'm looking to play my defenseman. Yeah, agreed there. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by BetMGM. We can get you a risk-free bet up to $1,000 and two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. By the way, if you're in this chat and you're from Ohio, welcome to the legal sports betting crew. And you should definitely take advantage of this offer. Uh, 
get a lot of free stuff. To create a stochastic membership, it's free if you don't have one. Um, most important thing is click the link in the description below. I think it is the top pinned comment. Um, and then click the large bet MGM button that appears after registering or logging in. You just got to complete the steps. You got to create bet MGM sportsbook account. You make a bet of at least 10, whatever your risk-free tolerance is, 10 to 1,000. Once your bet settles, um, you'll get an email from bet MGM, not stochastic, with instructions for redeeming your two free months of stochastic plus platinum. Click the link in the description below for more details. Sign up. We have a bet. Uh, it is the big dog plus money prop of the night. If you follow me on Twitter, you know already what that is. But if you're from Ohio or you're just taking advantage of this bet MGM uh, promo for the first time, go and bet uh, Eric Gustafson uh, over a half a power play point. It is in the plus 340 range. I haven't seen the line since this morning. It might have moved a little bit, but as long as it's still above plus 300. It is a very good bet there. They're in a very good power play spot. We'll get to that game next, but make sure to click that link in the description. Sign up, bet the Gustafsson power play point risk-free and get your two free months of Stochastic Plus. Buffalo Sabres heading into Washington. Sabres have a 2.9 total. The Capitals have a 3.6 total. Uka Pekarukinen, fun to say, is probable. Darcy Kemper is confirmed. We have found a slate where I like the Capitals. We've done it. It's only taken until January 3rd. And TJ Oshie might be back as well. So that definitely helps the power play. Uh, I really like the cap top line here. They have a 3.6 total. They're not getting too much ownership. Like if Ovechkin stays around 6 7%, it might come up a little bit throughout the day. But this, is, you know, this isn't the worst spot to one off Ovechkin here. I think you can do some stuff with the power play. I like power play stacking in this game. Um, Buffalo, on the other hand, their top line is the most expensive line on the night, I believe, or one of the most expensive lines on the, the night. Most expensive even strength line, yeah. Yeah, most expensive on DraftKings. So, like, they're not getting a tremendous amount of ownership. They have a very good uh, projection, and the total on the road is 2.9. So, like, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, in one to three, you know, just lock in Buffalo one. But I think it won't take much to get over the field in MME. And they've been one of the best lines in the NHL this season. So I think there's a lot to like in this game. Yeah. Okay. So here's my issue with, with the Buffalo top line today. Um, two two things. One, um, Washington doesn't really take a lot of penalties. They're under three uh, times shorthanded per game. League average is about three and a quarter. So. Um, you know, quite a bit less than the league average and time shorthanded. The other part is when Washington's at home, they send out that protest Dowd Hathaway line a fair bit as a shutdown line. Pretty quietly, that's one of the best shutdown lines in the NHL. Um, So far this season, that fourth, you know, quote, fourth line for Washington, 1.6 expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five. Less than one goal against per six actual goals against per 60 minutes at five on five, controlling over 60% of the expected goal share. Like those are like that Erickson Eck Felino line from Minnesota type numbers. Um, that is just a brutal matchup for that Buffalo top line. And it, like if, if I was playing a hundred lineups, yes, I might have like two or three Buffalo top line um, stacks here tonight. In a single entry, 
I just think it's a really, really, really bad matchup going up against that Washington shutdown line. I think I'm out on Buffalo entirely. Like their last game, they benched Quinn and Paterka, I think for the final 11 minutes of the game. Um, they only played like 10 or 11 minutes in, in, in that game as Cousins went and played, you know, with Olofsson and Middlestad and Gergensons and Alcosin and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to be honest. I think I'm out on Buffalo entirely here tonight, which kind of feels a little bit scary because this is one of the best offensive teams in the league. At least they have been through their first 30-some games. Um, I just don't think it's a very good matchup for the top line. I think it's a pretty bad matchup for that top line, actually, especially when you consider how little, uh, wash, how few penalties Washington takes. Um, so I'm out on the Sabres. I'm with you on the Caps. I think it's uh, about power play stacking here. Buffalo is above average by time shorthanded per game. Um, you know, uh, Washington uh, above, slightly above average power play opportunities per game. The power play has been better with Gustafson there over John Carlson. Now, a lot of that's just shooting percentage related. Um, they're generating roughly the same shot attempts per minute, but uh, they're scoring goals and that's what matters. And, um, you know, if you want to do like with Oshi back, you know, Marcus Johansson off the power play, um, it gives you a got a cheap winger on that third line that you can stack with Strom. So you can put, um, you know, Strom, Ovechkin and Oshi together three-man stack the top power play unit and i think that stack comes in under 18k on DraftKings. um I, that's perfectly acceptable to me i really really like the washington power play guys here in this game nothing from the saber side for me yep um i'm a little bit higher on that buffalo top line it's just i think it's kind of total driven i i, I don't want to say they're like a mckinnon or mcdavid line where they're matchup proof but they're getting there so I wouldn't prioritize them by any means, but getting around field level on them in MME is something that I would probably do. Let's move to the blue line here. Eric Gustafsson, my <laughs> my best bud, apparently. Uh, he is up to 4600 on DraftKings. I think that price is fine. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For what he's going to do. Like, he's going to play 20 plus minutes. He's going to get the top power play time. Once he starts getting into the fives, you know, we'll have a, another conversation. But at 4,600, I think it's fine. Uh, Dmitry Orloff is more expensive, so I probably just go Gustafsson or like Nick Jensen. Martin Fairberry's back; he's min price. I just I'm not sure on what kind of minutes we're going to be looking at there. On the Buffalo side, it's probably just going to be Matias Samuelson. Yeah, I mean Fairberry at min price; he's definitely always in play for me, even if he only plays like 18 minutes here tonight for min price. I think that's fine. Um, I did write or up Orloff for the picks article. Um, 
without Carlson, he's been close to 23 minutes. And that includes just 20 minutes in that game where they blew out Montreal 9-2. Um, you know, no, and nobody really played a ton. Um, so I like Orloff. If you're not going to stack Washington, I think just using Orloff as a one-off kind of makes a little bit of sense in this one. On the Buffalo side, I'm interested to see how their defense play because they've been basically playing three defensemen for a few games now. Um, it's basically just Samuelson, Dolan, and Power all playing 23 to 27 minutes and everybody else down at like 13, 14, 15. So it'd be one of those three guys. But this is four and six games for Buffalo. I, maybe their defense would start to get a little bit worn down. So I think I would look elsewhere other than the Sabres for my defensemen. Let's get to your boys here, the Montreal Canadiens with a 2.5 total. Heading into Nashville, the Predators have a 3.6 total. Samuel Dikembe Montembeau and the Juice UC Saros are confirmed. Predators have a 3.6 total here, and these lines are just – they're lines. That's about what I could say. Yeah, so, there's guys playing together, that's for sure. There's guys playing together. We are a team. Uh, Phillips Forsberg with Yuso Parsinen and Colton Sissons. Yakov Trennan with Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne. Nino Niederreiter with Cody Glass and Michael Granlund. And then first power play, Tomas Novak on the fourth line. Now we try to avoid lines with Michael Granlund because he just drags everyone into the mud. Like This is such a big total. I don't know if I'm full stacking anything. I'd probably just take some pairs. And probably pair him with Yossi, like Parsonen's Forsberg or Johansson Duchesne. Call it a day. On the Montreal side, this top line's not getting any ownership at all. Nashville's had issues on the penalty kill. These even strength lines, it just doesn't strike me that they're just going to be anything to worry about defensively. So don't mind getting to some Canadians top line, even in 20 max. One of 20 is going to get you like 5x the field. So. I guess with some Montreal one could be what the doctor ordered tonight. I don't know. Yeah. One thing I'll say is this about Nashville. They have been using that Nita Ryder glass duo as the shutdown line, which if you would have told me two years ago, Cody glass would be used as a shutdown line at home. I would have just thought like in what, in what European league is this happening? You know what I mean? But he certainly saved his career and kudos to him on doing so. Um, I do like Niederreiter played almost 20 minutes in their last game. Now it went to overtime, but still. What I'll mention is that Glass and Niederreiter um, stayed together the entire last game, along with Michael Granlin. They were the only line to do so. Nashville nuked their lines in the third period in that loss to Vegas, and we haven't had practice lines since then. You know what that means is that – we. I, with the way Nashville's messed their lines all like basically for the last six weeks, like I don't think you can rely on anything other than glass need a rider, which is kind of a problem because this is a later start. Um, there a lot of the guys are fairly cheap and with a high total. So I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, Nashville plus Toronto or Nashville plus Dallas or Nashville plus Edmonton, like those types of stacks. And I think you're going to have to, you're definitely going to have to be around at 7.30 Eastern when warm-ups hit to see what lines actually are. We hope they're the lines that we're showing. But Nashville, like I said, changed up a lot of their lines in the last game in the third period. So we'll just hope everything is still together. Um, if they're going to use Glass and Niederreiter and Granlin as the shutdown line, I know we make fun of Parson and Forsberg and Sissons, 
but they're going to go up against like Mike Hoffman and Jonathan Drouin or like Christian Dvorak and Uri Slavkovsky. <laughs> like, trust me, I'm a Montreal fan. None of those lines are good defensively. Um, you know, that Montreal's uh, line with Slavkovsky and Dvorak um, has something like a 41% shot share when they're on the ice. Like, those are, that's, it's bad matchups for Montreal. So I would probably go to a Forsberg, Parson, and two man. Um, I think they'll stay together regardless of what the Nashville lines look like, but I guess we'll see when warm ups hit. Um, Forsberg's projecting extremely well. They're both on the same power play unit. Montreal is a very bad penalty kill. They're going to see depth matchups. It's Nashville one that I like the most here. If you want a one-off like Nino Niederreiter, something like that, he's projecting well. Um, I, I think that's perfectly fine. He's just in a little bit of a tougher five-on-five matchup. Uh, on the Montreal side, like I don't mind the Montreal top line. Um, I wrote them up uh, in the picks article, free to read for everybody. So head on over to uh, stochastic.com, head to the NHL section, check out the NHL DFS article for today. The Montreal top line is scoring 4.3 goals per 60 minutes this year. They've been a lot better when Kirby Doc has been, so- been beside them when they're not. Montreal's a bad defensive team. Nashville is also very bad. 25th by expected goals against this season, 27th since Thanksgiving. The only reason that their goals against numbers haven't been worse is great goaltending from uh, UC Saros and even Kevin Lankinen at times. Can't always rely on goaltending. Just ask the New York Islanders. Um, you know, we've seen Elias Sorokin get blown up more than once this season. I don't know if I would get there in single entry or three max or something like that. If I'm playing even 20 lineups, I think I might have at least one share of Montreal one tonight. They have been pretty good uh, at five on five. I'm not really concerned about any matchup Nashville has to throw their way, especially not a line with Michael Granlin on it. Um, Don't mind Montreal one in this matchup, but I think it's the Nashville top line. I'd probably gravitate to just watch ownership. There's going to be a lot of ownership on, I think all three Nashville lines, because this is a spot with a high total with cheap players that can fit in a lot uh, with a lot of the expensive stacks. Yeah. Forgot about John Blasshill Hines as the coach. He's one of the worst coaches for DFS. So yeah, make sure you're around in our discord. Uh, We'll get you those lines for sure. Let's get to the blue line here. Roman Yossi, very expensive. I think this is a very good spot for him. Compare him with Forsberg. You can do whatever you want. You can want off of him. You don't have to force him in, but if you're there, you're there. Um, that's like probably about it from this game. There isn't just like there isn't much that I love other than that. I guess, I guess like Joel Edmondson at 3900 is fine. That's really about it. Yeah, should mention David Savard, David Savard's coming back from Montreal. Jonathan Kovacevic is out. Um, I don't know. That's probably going to mean pretty heavy minutes for Edmondson and Savard in like 19 or less for everybody else. And at that point, there's just not a lot that interests me. Um, as long as Alex Carrier is playing reasonable minutes, which he is, um, I don't mind him at 2,700, especially with a high total. Fair enough. Let's move on to the next one. Calgary Flames with a 2.9 total heading into Winnipeg. The Jets have a 2.6 total. That game opened as a six, has dropped to a five and a half. Jacob Markstrom is confirmed. Connor Hellebuck is probable. Looks like the lines are status quo for the Flames. Winnipeg going with Connor Dubois and Christian Reichel. Second line of Adam Lowry, Mark Shifley, Carson Kuhlman. 
I can see why they have a 2.6 total. <laughs> Not the best matchup for Winnipeg here. Like, I guess if you want a two-man like Dubois and Connor or one-off Shifley, it's fine. Like, this is just not a great matchup. Markstrom hasn't been great this season, but, like, 2.6 total at home. I don't know. Like, can you go on the other side? The Flames aren't getting much ownership, but none of these – like, the Dubé line has been okay. Kadri Huberdeau was playing with Lucic. It's that third line that I'd probably – like, back on Mangiapane, two-man, but, like, I don't know. I kind of like Hellebuck tonight. He's probably the front runner for the Vezina. If, it, if it's Riddick, then yeah, I'll have some interest in the Flames. But if it's Hellebuck, this is an MME game, and I'm not like clicking them in. It's whatever I get organically. Yeah, um, this is one of the spots where I was. I'm pretty interested in the top line. Um, Winnipeg is still using that, you know, Stenland Baron. Um, Axel Janssen Fialbi line as the shutdown line. That's not the Washington Four shutdown line. That's not even close. Um, I think that makes for a really good matchup for Dubé, Lindholm, and Toffoli. You know, we rip Dubé regularly on this show, but you have to give credit to the top line. I, I think they're playing pretty well. Um, they're up to 85 minutes together at five on five, 3.7 expected goals for 5.7 actual goals per 60 minutes at five on five in their sample. One of the things that we've said all season long is that the top line with Hubert. Oh, and um, they just haven't been able to generate quality chances. Whatever Dubé's doing for them, they're starting to create quality chances on that top line. There's a twofold problem, though. One, you're facing, you're probably facing Connor Hellebuck. Um, you know, him and Sorokin are 1A, 1B for the Vesna Trophy to this point of the season. Hellebuck's just been one of the best goalies in the NHL for like five years now. And the other is Winnipeg doesn't take a lot of penalties, 2.8 times shorthanded per game, and the penalty kill is very good. Um, it's not a good power play spot for Calgary. That's the one thing that's making me hesitate on Dubé, Lindholm, and Toffoli. But that is one of those top lines that's on the road that I would probably gravitate towards tonight over the St. Louis top line, over the Columbus top line, over the Carolina top line. Um, you know, if Hellebuck has a bad game, it's a fantastic five-on-five matchup for Dubé, Lindholm, Toffoli, and they're playing well. I, I think this is one of that's one of those mid-price lines that's at least in consideration uh, here tonight. Uh, Winnipeg two. Not as high on Huberto's really not shooting the puck much. Lucic is Lucic. Um, I, I I think one off in Kadri is playable. I don't know if I'd three man stack the whole line. I agree with you. I think like a two man of like Backlund and Coleman or something like that, or Backlund and Mangiapane is just fine. It is the Calgary top line that I like the most. Nothing for me from the Winnipeg side. Calgary does take a lot of penalties. Um, but, you know, Winnipeg going to that double defenseman top power play unit because they're just missing so many bodies kind of has me a little bit concerned. Calgary has an excellent penalty kill anyway. Um, you know, if if you want to, uh, like, two-man Connor Dubois, I'll always say that's in play, especially where they'll probably face off against that Kadri line a fair bit and they haven't been, you know, elite defensively or anything like that. Um but I think for me, at least amongst the forwards, this game's about the Calgary top line, maybe that backland line if you want to dig in and uh, get a little bit cheaper. Yeah, our boy Nikolai Ehlers can't come back soon enough. 
He's probably pretty close. Maybe like yeah, maybe. They're, saying, they're saying at the least Cole Perfitti probably should be back by the end of the week, which is that's something. Yeah. So hopefully mm-hmm. Ehlers not too far behind. Yeah, and then that top six. Then we really can call them the flow chart boys once again. Uh for now, they're just boys. <laughs> Let's move on to the blue lines here. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing much really like. I guess Rasmus Anderson at 5,500 is fine. Chris Tanev at 3,300 is an okay punt. Neil Pionk, top power play, 4,400, or Brandon Dillon as a punt. Neil Pionk is the guy that stood out to me. Like, it, it is not a good power play spot for Winnipeg, but as long as he's on the top power play playing around 23 minutes a game, um, I think 4,400 is just fine. So if you need a guy in that mid-force range, I think he's one to consider. Um, on the other side, it's probably Hannafin over Anderson for me just because it's not a really good power play spot. But I don't think I'm too high on any of the Calgary defensemen here tonight. Let's move on to the next one. Tampa Bay Lightning with a 4.1 total. Heading into Chicago, the Blackhawks have a 2.4 total. Vasilevsky, Stalock, probable. Tampa has the highest total on the night, and their top line's not getting much ownership. It's probably price-driven. They're on the road, and they're over 22000 to full stack, or they're 22000 even to full stack on DraftKings. Um, that being said, this is an excellent, excellent spot. They're, they're more expensive than the um, Florida top line, who's getting more ownership in a four total. I think if you're worried about the Florida Panthers' ownership, you can go – to the Tampa top line here. They're a little bit harder to fit in, but there is a ton of, you know, value lines that you can get in on this slate. So Tampa one, Tampa power play. I'm in on, uh, on the Blackhawks side. I'm passing on the Blackhawks. I'm just not even going to talk about the Blackhawks forwards. Like I, I, I think one offing Patrick Kane is something that's generally always in play, especially where he's over four shots per game over his last 20 games other than that i don't have any interest in the chicago forwards on the tampa side we probably should note anthony sorelli was mixing in on the top power play unit in practice yesterday um it looks like they're going to start with brandon hagel there but if the first power play unit doesn't really generate much on the first time out like sorelli probably could jump up to the top power play unit in that case, you'd have two guys on the second line, um, Sorelli and Stamkos, on the top power play. Um, and they're not really getting that much ownership, um, coming at about 4% by our top stacks tool. Um, so if you want to get cheaper, if you don't want to pay 22000 I think you can two-man stack Stamkos and Sorelli here tonight. I mean, a, a, you know, every Tampa Ford is in play against the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, but if you're worried about, you know, stacking the Tampa top line and Hagel loses his spot, or if you don't want to pay 22000 for that stack, I think he can go to the Tampa second line with Stamco, Sorelli, and Kalorn. Sorelli's looked pretty good um, since he's returned from injury. Um, you know, ice time might be a little bit of a concern. These guys are playing 15 and a half to 17 and a half minutes, but I would bet if they play that amount here tonight, it's because they're up like four nothing or something like that. So I really do like, you know, the Tampa top six. I don't think that's anything, uh, you know, that's really groundbreaking here, but, um, I kind of like that Tampa second line as a little bit of the, more of a mid-priced option, um, and I, like I said, I think Sorelli might jump to the top power play unit. Chicago has an awful penalty kill. 
Um, they don't take a ton of penalties, only 3.1 times shorthanded per game. That's actually below league average, but they have a real tough time killing off the ones that they do take. So the, the entire Tampa top six is fine. I think this might be a case where I'd be looking to save a little bit of money and dip down to the second line, Stamkos, Corelli, and then Stamkos, Sorelli, and then adding Kloran if you want to. Let's move to the blue line. Victor Hedman is on the top power play unit. 66 I guess it's okay like he just hasn't been good there but you can add him in I think that's fine uh that's really about it like on the Blackhawk side Connor Murphy <laughs> um yeah the top power like you can go to natural stature and check out the numbers for yourself the top power play for Tampa Bay has been much better whether by shots generated or by actual goal score. They've been much better with Sergeyev than Hedman. I don't know why they keep going back to Hedman, but yeah, he's fine to play. Um, but I I don't know if I would necessarily one-off him. I think it might be in some Tampa stacks that I, I would probably include him. I guess Jake McCabe is playable on the Chicago side. He's like two and a half blocks per game so far this season, I think. So um Probably a decent chance of, of, of getting that block bonus, but he's a little bit expensive, so probably not much for me from the Chicago side. Yeah, I don't know if you just saw at the top of the hour, Jacob Rana's on waivers today. Uh-huh. Oof. I know. Oof. I think they're doing it because people won't claim the cap hit, but Montreal, I'm pretty sure Montreal has priority. They better claim him. <laughs> just saying. Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, Earlier last year, we had a NHL three-day free trial. Now it's up to a five-day free trial. So click that link in the description below. You'll get access to every slate that we have this week, tonight, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, there's big slates on Thursday and Saturday as well. Uh, this is for new users only. It's a risk-free trial. After the five days are up, you can decide whether you want to continue or not, which you should because you'll love it. You'll get projections, ownership, top stacks, rankings, and Discord. Uh, you can give everything a test drive for free for five days. Uh, I mean, like, it's no-brainer here. Why wouldn't you do that? So click the link in the description below. Join that Discord. Say, I came from YouTube. I'll give you a thumbs up <laughs> or a hug, whatever you want. Let's move on to the next one. Seattle Kraken with a 2.9 total. Heading to Edmonton, the Oilers have a 3.6. Marty Jones, Stewie Skinner, probable. Uh, looks like Dreisaitl is going to be back tonight. No, I don't think it was definitive, but I think he's trending towards being back. But he'll be on that second line, I think. It'll be Hyman, McDavid, Pugliarvi. Again, not a huge deal. Like Again, I'm just going to prioritize the Edmonton power play guys. Ely Tolvanen jumping up to that top power play unit, playing with Gordon Bjorkstrand has my attention. They're very cheap. Get two guys on the top power play. Edmonton struggles defensively, so I don't mind that Seattle line. Yeah. Um, even the Edmonton top line hasn't been playing that poorly. Like Hyman McDavid Pugliarvi, 3.4 expected goals for, 3.3 actual goals for. At least they're scoring at 505. That's generally been a struggle. Uh, for Edmonton this season is is really producing at five on five. Um, and, you know, neither of the Seattle top two lines in these current iterations, super elite defensively. And obviously the goaltending has been a big problem for Seattle. 
Um, you know, the Kraken have a very bad penalty kill because of that goaltending as well. So, um, yeah, it, it, I think you can just stack the first line. I might find a way to put in Leon Dreisaitl, uh along with them. Um, it is a very, very good power play spot for Edmonton. It's why Connor McDavid is in the picks article. Um, you know, the power play has just been dynamic. Um, they do draw a fair amount of power plays, 3.6 opportunities per game. That's well above the league average. So Edmonton one is, is my favorite even strength line on that side. I think you can add in dry side, like you said, and you're just perfectly fine to go along with that. I think the Seattle side is what's more interesting here. Um, Wenberg and McCann haven't played a ton together, um, but 53% of the shots when they're on the ice, 3.3 goals per 60 minutes. Um, Schwartz and McCann playing to get on the, on the same power play unit together. Um, they're probably going to get a fair bit of that dry side line. Dry side only Yamamoto have bad defensive numbers going back generations pretty much. So um, I, I think it's Schwartz, Wenberg, and McCann that I would kind of lean to here. Um, coming in with no ownership as well, maybe like 1% to 2% or something like that. It is a 2.9 total on the road. Um, Edmonton does take a lot of penalties, 3.6 times shorthanded per game, and the penalty kill is bad. Um, so I, you know, if you just want a two man Schwartz and McCann, I think that's fine. If you want to full stack the top line, cause they're all in the second power play unit, that's fine as well. But it's Schwartz, Wenberg and McCann that I'm kind of leading to here. Um, I, I just think you're getting a, a better, um, five on five combination and, and two out of three, out of the three guys in the same power play unit. So Schwartz, Wenberg, McCann for me from the Seattle side. It's always fun trying to pick which Seattle line to play. <laughs> It's a, one of the worst things in DFS besides clicking in the Seattle goalie. That's just, you know, torturous. Let's go to the blue line. I think Vinny Dunn, depending on which line you play, Vinny Dunn or Justin Schultz, I would default to Dunn. He plays more minutes five on five anyway. Um, about it, like Larson's fine, but he's 4,500. Jamie Alexiak is fine, but he's 3,100. I, I would rather them be cheaper. On the... Edmonton side, if you want to include Barry for the power play, that's fine. If not, you play Nurse at 5,300. I even think Brett Kulak is fine at 2,800. He's been playing big minutes of late. Um, speaking of minutes, can we talk about Evan Bouchard's minutes for a second? <sighs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, for a guy whose minutes have been generally pretty inconsistent this year, he's played at least 18 minutes in five straight games. At least 17 minutes in seven straight games. Feels so trappy. I know, but he's under 4K. And he's, you know, it seems reasonable to think he'll play around 19 minutes here tonight. I I don't mind Bouchard, I guess. Yeah, I think Nurse, um, his price and projection probably leans me in that direction on DraftKings. Um, don't mind Justin Schultz uh, for Seattle for a little bit of that power play exposure. Um, the Beneers... Power play has typically been the better one. They've mixed up their power play units of late, so it's not the same guys, but they've typically been better this year. Agreed. Let's move on to the next one, which has jumped from a six to a six and a half. The New York Islanders with a 3.2 total heading into Vancouver. The Canuckles have a 3.2 total as well. Ilya Sorokin, Spencer Martin, probable. These, these Islanders lines. Casey Zizekas is somehow on the top line with Josh Bailey and Matty Barzell. X. Uh, Lee, Nelson Bavillier, Parisi, J.G. Pajot, and Hudson Fashing. On the Canucks, 
we have Mikia, uh, Mikheyev, Horvat Besser, Kuzmenko, Peterson, Pedersen, Garland, Dries, and JT Miller. Like, just stab me in the eye with a soldering iron. Like, that's how I feel about this game. The totals have been trending upwards. I th- I think if I'm going to play a line, it's going to just be Kuzmenko, Pedersen on the Vancouver side, and then Nelson Bavillier Lee line on the Islander side. But, like, judging by ownership, not alone in that thought. So, like, I don't know. All the Vancouver lines are getting ownership. I just – I just – uh, not a huge fan of this game, despite the totals going up. Yeah, I also wonder if Sezikis is going to stay on that top line because they had an optional skate this morning, and they said Kyle Palmieri uh, was back, not back skating and on the ice for them, not that he's necessarily back in the lineup. I could not believe they put Sezikis on the top line and put one of their top prospects, Atu Ratty, on the fourth line with Ross Johnston and Matt Martin. What? Just switch them. It's not hard. It's not anyways, hard. Anyways, I, I wonder what will happen there because they lost that game pretty handily to Seattle, and Zekas didn't see the ice in the last five minutes or something like that. So that might be another game where warm-ups hit, and it's like, whoops, all of a sudden, you know, Barzal's actually got reasonable line mates or something like that. So um, we should also mention that they changed up the power play units. Um, one of the beat reporters, Andrew Gross, was saying, they're going to look – it looks like two basically split power play units. Yep. First one with uh, Pajot, Barzal, Parisi, Bailey, and Ryan Pulak. And the second one with Islanders 2, Hudson Fashing, and Noah Dobson. This, it's, this, this bothers me because this is a really, really good power play spot for the Islanders. The Canucks m- maintaining one of the worst penalty kills in the league um all, basically all season long not a lot has changed they've had blips where it's been average that's it they've just been blips they're it's back to being pretty bad um the fact that lee nelson and beauvillier are all on the second all on the second power play unit together whether it ends up being the second unit we'll call it the second unit for now kind of lends me to go to that islander second line they'd actually had um a pretty good month of december 3.9 expected goals for 2.4 against in December. Like that's pretty good. Um, expected goal share scoring 3.3 goals per 60 minutes. Um, Brock Nelson's on a bit of a cold streak, one goal on his last 25 shots in his last 10 games, but this is a really good power play matchup for him. So, I mean, I'm assuming Nelson Lee and Beauvillier is the line that's going to stay together no matter what. So Lee and Nelson Beauvillier is what I like the most from the Islander side on the Vancouver side. Um, Vancouver, that <laughs> the Kuzmenko, Pedersen, Peterson line's actually been pretty good. <laughs> 40 minutes together, 70 shot attempts for 55 against 56% of the shot attempt share. Kuzmenko and Pedersen are dragging everybody to respectability this season. It's just been absolutely incredible to watch. And Kuzmenko got back up on the top power play unit playing 19 and a half minutes in his last game. I think it's Kuzmenko, Pedersen, and Peterson um, that I would lean to on the Vancouver side, um, but it's Lee Nelson and Beauvillier that I like best in this game. Every time I say I say Lane Peterson, I think of Mr. Peterman from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, it always it always be Berman to me. Yeah. <sighs> Let's move to the blue line. These split power play, like I think it wasn't like. 
Aho on one of these units too. Yeah, so they had him and Pollock's, you know, rotating in and out on the Barzal unit. I mean, he's min price, so like he's fine anyway. He's been getting decent minutes. Pulak, I guess, is fine now at 4,100. Dobson, this is a really good spot for Dobson. It's just like God knows what you're doing with these power play units. On the Vancouver side, you know, Tyler Myers. I mean, yeah, but Pyre, uh, Myers' price is up to like 3K. I, it, he's still playable. I just don't like that he's starting to uh, come up in price a bit. It's Noah Dobson that I really do like in this game. It's like I said, it's a great power play spot. I know that they changed up the power play units, and that's frustrating. Um, but he doesn't necessarily need the power play to score. Like he can get there with shots on goal. He can get there with goals. He can get there with blocks. You know what I mean? So um, it's probably Dobson I like the best. I think Mayfield is fine in that thirty-five hundred range. Um, Ethan Bears playing around 19 minutes, but at 3,200, like I'd probably just rather go play Tyler Myers. Yeah, agreed. Let's get to the last game of the night the Dallas Stars with a 3.1 total heading into Los Angeles. The Kings have a 2.9. Jake Ottinger, Phoenix Copley, probable. Uh, same lines for the Stars. Run, uh, Kings running back byfield, Kopitar, Kempe. As far as we know, I have followed Dino, Arvidsson, Fiala, Lazat. Velarde. Surprised that the Dallas total isn't higher because this is a good power play spot, and Dallas's power play has been very, very good. Uh, I like Dallas one here tonight. They're getting 5 6% ownership. I think that's perfectly reasonable for this spot. It is a late hammer here. This is a very good power play spot, like I just mentioned. So I'm kind of surprised at the total and ownership. So I, I really like Dallas one here. On the flip side, I don't know, maybe maybe that second line, but I'm just not really not really feeling the Kings here tonight. Yeah, um, the Kings are uh, 28th in penalty kill percentage on the season, and their last 18 games they've given up the fourth most goals against um, per minute while on the penalty kills. So, yes, it's a great spot for the Dallas power play. I wrote them up again in the picks article available at stochastic.com. Um, the Dallas top power play unit scoring 18.2 goals per 60 minutes. Uh, season. I guess they like the Dallas power play. Um, to compare that to the Edmonton power play, they're at 15.8. So this Dallas power play is outscoring even Edmonton on a permanent basis. It's just that they don't draw as many power play opportunities as Edmonton does. Um, that's why you're not seeing like, you know, 37 power play points like Connor McDavid has, which is just obscene. Um, a really great spot for that Dallas uh, top power play. Kind of a tough spot going up against um, Arvidsson and Deneau at five on five. Um, but I think they're one of those lines that's good enough to come through in a matchup. And they're cheaper than the Buffalo top line that we talked about earlier, um, at least over on DraftKings. They're over $2,000 cheaper. They're only coming in with a little bit more ownership. Um, I really do like the Dallas top line here tonight. On the Kings side, there's no sample with Quinton Byfield there. And the Dallas second and third lines have actually been pretty good defensively. So I'm going to be honest, there's nothing on the Kings side that I really like here tonight. Uh, like if you want to play, like I think Byfield's a little bit too pricey at $3,500. Um, especially considering, he, you know, he's not playing huge minutes yet. Um, you know, under 50, I think it's under 15 minutes a, a game. Like that's not huge minutes for 3,500. 
Um, I honestly, I don't think I'm in on anything on the Kings side here. For me, this game is all about the Dallas top lines. Yep, agreed there. Coming up after us, the NBA deeper dive at 6 p.m. with Josh Engelman and Adam Schur, and then an NBA live before lock at 7 p.m. with Greg and Eric. 11 games, that means 22 goalies. Who are you liking in that? Uh, well, I'll start with Anton Forsberg on FanDuel. I think he's priced at like 6700 on FD. That, that seems like a not an automatic play. No goalie is an automatic play, but it seems pretty reasonable to play him on FanDuel. I wrote up Jake Ottinger in the picks article. Um, I like his price on the road against the Kings team that can that has been struggling to score a little bit of five on five of late. Um, Connor Hellebuck, you mentioned him earlier. Um, I think he's in a pretty good spot at home uh, against Calgary at a very good price on DraftKings. Um, same thing with Igor Shesterkin um, up against Carolina. If you really want to get wild, King Carl uh, going into Florida, um, as long as he doesn't give up like five goals, I think he stands a reasonable chance of, of a good um, DFS performance, especially on DraftKings here tonight. And I'll add uh, old Stewie Skinner uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. If you uh, have a little bit extra money left in your salary cap, don't mind Skinner. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. If you want to spend up on DraftKings, I think Jacob Markstrom is okay. UC Soros, of course, and Darcy Kemper uh, would be my spend-up guys. Oh, and I, Vasilevsky, I think, is a decent cash play. It's a very winnable matchup for Tampa. Just worry about, you know, the shutout equity, which there is a bunch, but if he does give up one, he's not going to win you a GPP. Who are you liking for your hat trick pick? I'm going to go with a guy that just recently signed a contract extension, and we're going with Jolton Joe Pavelski. Grandpa Joe. I am. I got to stick being the Spice Lord, a little chili pea. Uh, I like Ely Tolvanen. Wow. That would be something else. I would love to see Tolvanen get grabbed off waivers and then go score a hat trick. Yeah. Same. Uh, so for Cliffy, I am Josh. We will be back, I believe, Thursday. Tomorrow's a three gamer, something like that. Yeah, yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're back Thursday. Yeah, we'll be back on Thursday. Make sure to click those links in the description. I want to see you guys in Discord. We'll have you all those line combinations. Good luck, everybody, and we'll see you on Thursday. Good luck, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We all love the low country lifestyle, which is why we should do our best to protect it. To get insurance that helps you protect your home from whatever the low country throws at you, contact CT Lowndes and Company today. Their local agents can review your coverage to help make sure you're properly protected. CT Lowndes and Company has been helping protect and insuring the low country since 1850. Visit ctlowndes.com to learn more and request a quote. That's C-T-L-O-W-N-D-E-S dot com.